A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing. I'm Andy White and... I am Kelvin Newman. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Yeah, that's us. That's that is us, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a bit too much momentum in my introduction. Sorry, though, was I? I kind of flat, ruining your flow there? I, I, well, I think it was both of us. Oh, okay. Anyway, what we're looking at today is email marketing, isn't it? Yeah, part one. so I've got a bit of a two-parter episode coming up. Um, so yeah, basically I know it's a topic that's actually like probably one of the most underrated aspects of digital marketing is, is email, particularly because it's really, really effective. Um, but it's also kind of a little bit unloved, and I know that we haven't really covered it as a topic for probably a year or two. Well, hasn't email recently been the, the more the subject of a bit of, you know, a bit of hatred, a bit, a bit of an email hunt going well, on? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the problem is, is everyone thinks, okay, well, because no one, re- you know, or people are reading their email less and perhaps using social media more, that that makes email less effective. Now, maybe that's a little bit of the case, but actually, I think that email is still, you know, significantly more effective than many of the marketing channels that people are doing. And you kind of, you'll often face this decision, well, how do I, you know, track and prove the ROI of my social media marketing or whatever it is, you know, these new things that people are trying out when actually with email, you can do that. There's a history of that. There's, you know, performance going back years and years and years. So you can be fairly confident um, that you, you're doing a good job and that it as a thing works, which is kind of, you know, a good position to be in. So I've kind of, you know, wanted to talk a little bit in this episode about email marketing and then follow up a little bit more on kind of some of the practical actionable tips in in a second episode that we're going to produce about email marketing. So I just wanted to start off really by just making um, making it really, really clear um, that... Uh, <laughs> that uh, I just passed me something to make okay, it a that, little bit less cl- noisy. That annoying clanging was, yeah. was Kelvin's watch hitting the uh, desk. Okay, so I've just given him a pad. I could take my watch off. Go on then. I'll remove I'm the still playing about with a, a, a ball at the same time, though, which is my terrible bad habit I've got at the moment. Um, so, yeah, but email, so kind of in some um, research that um, you can certainly have in their email best practice guide, they talked about how, you know, um, email share of um, the budget has increased by 23% you know, a couple of years ago as well. And they also took a survey of kind of, you know, multi channel um, digital marketers. And they kind of rated email as one of the best channels for return on investment, second only to kind of search engine optimization. And, you know, with almost two thirds of the people that they surveyed, 78%, um, rating email as either excellent or good. So that's kind of, you know, and only 4% actually said it was poor from a return on investment perspective. So it's really just to understand that if you're not doing email marketing, you're probably missing a little bit of a trick um, because it is 
considered by the people who are doing it to be such an effective part of their marketing channel. So is it still true to say, Kelvin, that the um, one of the most valuable things you can develop is an email list? Well, yeah, I definitely think that's the case. Um, you know, once you've built a relationship with people and got them to sign up to your email list, you're potentially in a very strong position to kind of generate leads or sales or, um, you know, referrals off the back of that. And to just kind of put it into a sense of kind of how that fits, you know, so this survey that eConsultancy did, um, you know, Six percent of people said that search was excellent. Um, sorry, so thirty-three percent said that um, SEO was an excellent um, marketing channel. Twenty-six percent said email marketing. Only sixteen percent for paid search, and even twelve percent for affiliate marketing. Which you know, if any form of marketing out there was about kind of return on investment, you would think there'd be affiliates where you're paying per actual sale or mm. you know, or per lead there. So really really important really really effective so just to kind of go over some of the benefits of email marketing it's you've got a low cost fulfillment so the um it you know unlike you know many um, marketing channels particularly compared to some of the offline ones you know that it's relatively low cost to implement you kind of get an immediate response as well i mean with brighton seo i've taken down our websites on a number of occasions just by sending out emails that people click through and follow to Mm. i've never been able to have that level of success with social media marketing um it can be great for building a relationship over time because it's this kind of you know passive um but like you know it's easy to develop over time and much of kind of what people try to do with social in terms of building relationships you can do um with email it's very fast to deploy as well you know so i can kind of start working now on an email marketing campaign and have it live in in, you know in a matter of hours and in Mm. people's inboxes um there's all kinds of automation possibilities as well in terms of auto responders or kind of automatically sending emails to people who've been with you six months and and all of these types of things as well um it's very easy if you want to to individually track and follow up on people as well so you might have a mailing list of a couple of thousand but you can see that you know if someone responds to that replies to you it you treat it as a normal kind of email that you've got there or potentially you could see who opens the email and look at them and kind of respond to them there as well it's relatively easy to personalize them as well you know if you've got a good database you can personalize your email relatively easy to measure and there's a huge amount of testing as well it's, you know and I'll, I'll talk a little bit further on testing in a minute as well um so just in terms of some of the um you know more clever targeting stuff that people are doing on email just to kind of set the scene for some of the things you might be thinking about um you know and this is kind of the people who you know this is again from that e-consultancy survey um so 75 percent of people are doing some basic kind of segmentation of their list um 60 of people are doing some regular list cleansing so i don't know something i've never really done with my email marketing but ought to do more of which is kind of removing you know the email marketing will automatically remove people who unsubscribe or you get hard bounces from but are you actually pruning that list in a proactive way so people who oh, haven't yeah. opened an email in the last 12 months that's probably making your stats look a little bit bad and potentially you yeah. know damaging your reputation in the eyes of the isps as well I've had uh, emails from various bodies saying, yeah. oh, are you still interested? If you don't respond, I'll assume you're not. Yeah, which is, I think, a good thing to be doing as yeah. well because you're just wasting, you know, you're not doing yourself any favours if they're not responding to it. And just because it doesn't cost you anything to send out one more additional email, well, just because it doesn't cost you a financial amount to send out one more email, um, doesn't make it necessarily, um, you know, worth sending out more. Mm. You know, sometimes less is better in that kind of sense there as well. Um other things you could be doing is automated responses to website visits or sign-ups or spam testing pre-send, um, remarketing, content personalization beyond just the name. So if you know their company, could you, you know, or you know their business sector is perhaps a better way of doing it. Um, could you send, you know, okay, we know of our list, we have a segment of which these people are B2B people, so we will send them different email content from people who are on the other ones there as well. Um but there are some problems with email marketing. Um, it's quite difficult to achieve relevance and know what frequency 
um, people want to have from those interactions. There's a general trend as well of declining interaction over time. So, um, you know, someone who signs up for your email list initially is going to kind of respond quite well to that. But there's an, an inevitable dropping off of that over time. Mm. So if your email list has been around for a period of time and you're not attracting new signups to it, there is a danger that you're going to kind of, you know, end up with no one still left to interact even if they are still subscribed mm. they're likely to open and interact from that as well there's also the fact that you've got different audience preferences so some people are not going to have a problem at all with having weekly emails other people are going to want them less frequently or some people might even want them daily it can often be difficult to master the tool functionality so if you're using an email piece of software it can be tricky to get your head around it and a lot of them are constantly changing and updating um, their user interfaces which is good because they're adding additional functionality but there can be downsides to that as well because if you're you know, only doing a relatively small amount of email marketing, it can be quite a kind of training overhead to kind of keep yourself up to date mm. with these tools if you're only sending out one email a month. There's always issues of data quality as well, about deliverability, email, and our, you know, ISPs are getting more and more um, you know, confident in terms of turning email down and perhaps what you might have been able to get away with from an email marketing campaign previously isn't really the case and just general design as well it's not easy um, to produce something that you know is attractive that people look mm. at a couple of interesting trends as well about email marketing um, so this is from HubSpot who we're big fans of on the show um, they found that email opens on mobile devices um, so people checking their marketing you know email marketing on a mobile device um, Increased from 34% from April um, 2011 to September 2011. So that's, you know, over a year ago now, but already huge uptake there. So um, questions there about are you checking, you know, you might well check what your email looks like with Hotmail, Gmail and mm. Outlook. But are you looking what it looks like on an iPhone email app or an Android email app? Are you, you know, checking to make sure that it kind of the layout works in those formats or even if you have checked it works, if they then click through to your site and end up on a page that isn't very mobile friendly, mm. is that a missed opportunity when that is shooting up? That what kind does it look like on the yeah. new mini iPad? Yeah. Um, a couple of other things to think about as well. Mobile email usage is lowest on a Monday um, and desktop email usage is lowest on a Sunday. Um, if you've got a mailing list that's made up a lot of webmail, so Hotmails, Gmails, Yahoo Mails, and the usage for that is lowest on Wednesday. Um, and, yeah, that I think is a kind of a good, good. It's quite good detailed analysis. analysis yeah, it? yeah. Um, so spam and deliverability. Um, now, low deliverability rate might get you blocked by certain ISPs, so internet service providers. Mm. So if your email has a poor deliver, you know, your delivery rate is low. That isn't just a, oh, never mind, we missed out on. A f-. It's not just that you missed out on some of the people seeing your email. You're actually genuinely putting yourself at risk. Um, so, you know, if your list is loaded with inactive emails or you don't have a sense of, you know, your true complaint rate, um, you know, it, it, it can be a problem. Um, so, what is can spam? You've probably heard of this. It's kind of an American law, but kind of, you know, people adhere to it all over the world because it's kind of, you know, the standard. And here are some of the guidance. Um, advice from CanSpam. Don't use misleading sender or subject lines. So try, never mislead people in them. Um, Add your postal address to all your emails. So at the bottom of your email marketing, include your postal address. Um, If your email list isn't opt-in or double opt-in, include a clear notice that states the email is an advertisement or a solicitation um, in commercial messages. So make it clear that it's an advert and that's the case that they haven't opted in. If it is um, from an opted-in list or a double opt-in, you don't have to worry about that. Um, 
But you do have to include a clear and conspicuous unsubscribe mechanism in every email. And the best way to do that is actually having a link that says unsubscribe and takes them through to a page that says unsubscribe. A few people are perhaps adhering to the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law in terms of having links that don't say unsubscribe. And, you know, the kind of if you would like to receive less mailings from us, um, click here. And then you take them through to that page. And then the big button actually doesn't you know you put in oh, your email yeah. you know all those types of things so. or you have to log in to unsubscribe yeah and, and you like, can't remember your login details yeah, yeah send me my password yeah yeah um so yeah that's again you know might adhere to the letter but not the spirit of the law and just generally don't um, harvest email addresses or use an automated uh, means to randomly generate addresses so basically it comes down to only market to people who have asked to be on your email list and make it clear who is sending that email and what mm. why you're emailing them um so yeah, just to kind of to give you a little bit of sense of delivery rate, that is actually the percentage of emails that are actually. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Delivered to recipients' inboxes, and it's a simple kind of calculation. Subtracting the hard and soft bounces, um from the gross number of emails sent and then dividing that number by the gross email sent. So that's kind of how many of your emails actually hit someone's um, inbox. And that's kind of important because if that delivery rate is too low, that means that your list is poor, which means that the ISPs might treat you badly. Um, an interesting idea that a lot of people in the world of um, email marketing suggest is kind of this idea of warming up an IP address. So essentially it's the gradual process that happens over time with the goal of you know establishing your reputation as a legitimate email centre in the eyes of internet service providers. Mm. So when an ISP observes email suddenly coming from a new or sort of cold or recently dormant um, IP address, they will normally kind of put under greater scrutiny than they would do if it was coming from an, you know a more established mm. um ip address so and you know since that the volume is perhaps one of the you know most telling factors in the eyes of isp spam filters um you're probably best if you're launching an, if you're starting out in email marketing or you're kind of picking back up having not done it for a while it's good to try and not just kind of instantly send out thousands of thousands of emails and we're probably talking in the tens of and hundreds of thousands of emails rather than the couple of thousand mm. um, which i imagine most of our listeners would be dealing with but it's just one to bear in mind as well 
It's also worth checking out um, your sender score. And sender score is kind of this reputation rank that's compiled by the guys at Return Path and you can just go and get a score of yourself. And it kind of provides access to some of the data that the ISPs have got and other email you know, services. Sender Path, are they a well-known... Um, sorry, place? Return Path. Return Path. Uh, so yeah, they're kind of a well-known kind of, um, you know, company within the space. And it kind of gives you a score, um, mm. which provides you with information about, you know, how you stand and can comparison to other email um, senders and sort of like how likely you are to hit that spam filter yeah which um, I think for most marketers is a really important thing to think about so go and check your sender score it's you know return path and we'll include a link to that in the show notes Um, it's also good to understand the difference as well uh, between hard and soft bounces when you send your emails Um, so most of the email packages out there will give you a, a number of hard bounces or a percentage of hard bounces and soft bounces um, and that's basically um, a soft bounce is usually the result of kind of a temporary problem um, with a valid email address. So maybe their inbox is full or their server is down um, and, you know, it's been held up. Um, and, you, you know, you don't normally get many of them in your normal email world. But if you're sending email, um, you know, if you've got a big list, there's going to be people who are suffering from those problems. So they're counted as soft bounces. And, you know, they're people who didn't get your email, but... Potentially, if you sent an email tomorrow, they might do. Mm. Um, hard bounces are more a kind of result of an invalid, closed, or non-existent email addresses, and they're never, they're never, no one's ever going to get those. So they're unrecoverable. Unrecoverable, yeah. and that can happen because either someone signed up under a false one, you've bought some dodgy addresses that don't really exist, or the person just simply doesn't exist at that company. Now, most email packages just delete those hard bounces and they're removed from your list. But if you're continually getting a lot of these hard bounces every time, that's kind of a signal that, you know, the quality of your list perhaps isn't there. Mm. Um, I've also kind of talked a bit about this idea of single and double opt-in. So I'll kind of talk about some of the the different options there. So perhaps the old-fashioned way was kind of an opt-out way of building email. Um, So maybe, you know, people fill in another form um, and they'd have to unselect the button. You know, it'd be a pre-checked box that automatically signed them up to an email um, list. That's known as opt-out. Um, you then get single opt-in, which is essentially the same, but it's not checked previously. So they have to check the button on the registration form mm-hmm. to opt-in. Um, you then get kind of confirmed opt-in, which is a little bit of a you know a gap between the two. So that's similar to the opt-in one, um, but someone off, after they've signed up, you send them a thank you email thanking them and then in that email give them the option to unsubscribe now the best practice and the one that i completely recommend everyone goes down the route of is the double opt-in so that's the same so it's again it's not a default they must click to get added then that sends them an email that they've got to then click that email to subscribe mm-hmm. now it might seem like one of these ones where okay brilliant kelvin i see that that's probably better for my list but i prefer more people well my logic is if the person can't be bothered to click on that first email then perhaps actually they're not someone you really want on your list because if they're not prepared to go to that relatively small amount of effort are they really then going to read your emails and are they then really going to um actually click through and do what you want them to do like a pre-filter really isn't it yeah um just to finish off some kind of advice on building a list um so to retain a lot of subscribers, companies, you know, often send fewer emails, kind of thinking that that, you know, reducing uh, frequency might actually help them um, to find engagement. And the rarity of emails means that they're kind of more special, right? You know, you send less, that should help you in building your list. Well, actually, frequency of email doesn't often 
doesn't necessarily, rather than often, doesn't necessarily negatively impact um, retention. And that's kind of from HubSpot's science of email study that they've done. Well worth checking out. But, so you want to build your list. Um, we'll have a clear value proposition on the page where you're trying to get um, people to sign up. So be clear what someone's going to get out of signing up for one of your email marketing um, letters. And try and make those e- those email marketing that email marketing that you're sending out more than just promotion. So could you, for example, offer tools and tips on how to run their businesses more effectively if you're in a B2B space um, or you know similar tips if it's in a commercial space? Um, are you going to provide product updates from your company or special offers? Um, and I, I think it's just really important to try and make sure your audience will know why they should subscribe. And I think often people just say, subscribe to our email list for, for more news. You know, you, you need more than that to try and get someone to sign up to it as well. Um, and in terms of maintaining that list, um, you should be considering pruning bounces. So every time you mail a message, there's going to be some that bounce back, as I talked about. Um, but, you know, if you've had a soft bounce report, kind of see, um, you know, you might want to remove them from your list because, you know, they're not reacting to you. And also, you might want to trim those who don't engage. A lot of people in email marketing say that if a subscriber hasn't opened your email in over a year, you should delete them, which, you know, maybe a better option would be if they haven't um, opened your email in over a year, send them an email asking if they still want to be included and then delete them if they don't respond to that. But that is kind of worth bearing in mind as well. Um, There's a few other options out there if you don't already have a list. So you could rent a list. um, And again, in this case, what happens is the the list doesn't necessarily transfer into your hands. You you probably would never see the list. Um, In most cases, they will have opted in um, and you don't get an unlimited use of the list. Normally, you kind of have to pay to go through someone else's list. Um, and the list only includes unsubscribe options in every email. It makes it clear, you know, how it's going to work. And they kind of, ideally as well, if you're renting a list, you want the list owner to provide an explanation at the end of those emails about why they have subscribed to that list. Um, it's also often good to have the list owner's name in the from. So rather than... Although if I'm going, I'm renting a list from someone else, and you know I, I'm trying to promote them to that people, you can often see better results if actually your, you know, the person whose list is name is in there rather than the person who's doing the promoting. Um, and you know, if the list owner's name is used as a brand name, it's probably good to kind of put that in there because sometimes, you know, the company might be named Acme Widgets or whatever it is, and they don't recognise that company name; they just recognise the brand name. So that's good to do that as well. And best practices those list owners are going to want to see your creative ahead of time and make sure that's all good um and if you are renting a list be aware that they should be charging a reasonably high amount of money for that um because if it's if the price is so low it surprises you that you'd be able to send an email to this group of people it's probably a bad sign that they're probably you know it's not that valuable a list that they've got there and my final tip if you are going to buy a list um it's not always that advisable um if you are though Think about list fatigue because the person who's selling this list, they're probably selling it multiple times to lots of people. So are the people on that list going to actually want to be on that list anymore if indeed they even know they are there? Um, Again, the quality as well because inevitably people are buying on quantity rather than quality because it's hard to do so. Um, And often there can be some kind of permission and legal issues as well Mm. because not often, often some of these bought lists are perhaps from not the most reputable, even if they are from reputable companies, they perhaps haven't, you know, they might have bought a list, two lists which they've combined and you don't know what the quality of those people are. So just a kind of sense of, a note of caution really, your best bet is to build your own list by having a clear value proposition and, you know, making it clear what people are going to do. 
if that's potentially taking too long for you, renting can be a good way to kind of use email marketing. You can buy a list, but I would generally say buyer beware. How interesting. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, go for it, Andy. Have you ever bought a list? No, I haven't. Um, I mean, I think we've, in the past, done some phone stuff where mm. we've bought phone lists. Yeah. Um, but again, we've never, you know, we. it's one of those things where we've done, I think, two or three times every t- couple of years, and every time we go, we're never going to do it again. Really? Because it's not, never worked for us. Yeah. Um, and then eventually someone else will come in and say, no, no, we ought to try it. You just didn't do it properly last time. And then, no, <laughs> that just never works. So, I mean, there's an opportunity. I think you can, you're better off kind of going to someone who already has an audience and asking how you can promote to that audience mm. if you've got a good offer for them. And that's kind of more the renting route, perhaps, than the buying. Um, but yeah, I think if you can build your own email list, you're in a very strong position to you know really successfully promote your business online. It's really good to cover email again because it's been a while since we've done it. Am I right in thinking we've got a part two on this next show? Certainly, certainly. We're going to be going through things um, like how to plan an email campaign and um, how to go about designing them, some best practice for subject lines and that type of thing. And also um, some advice about um, you know recommended suppliers and um, two or three who I rate really highly. Okay, brilliant. So that's coming up in the next show. So it's goodbye from me, Andy White. And goodbye from me, Kelvin Newman. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Goodbye. Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273 256150. And you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.